0: I'm Kevin, and I'm joined by my co host with Harrison Vader, like here.
1: Yeah, it's a
0: weird ordeal. Um, Katie is just proving to be childish, which is why I don't feel I would give $5 million to Jack Campbell. I don't know. Baseball is one of those sports where anyone who makes the playoffs really can be a, a contender. Did I think the Padres definitely do it.
1: I don't think Donovan Mitchell gets traded.
0: Kyrie Irving does have the track record of not being a great locker room fit, or even good locker room fit.
1: Bader got some luscious locks, I gotta say it. This is Zach Bigley, the broadcaster for the Frisco Rough Riders, and you're listening to Outsiders Opinions with Kevin and Austin. You guys better subscribe.
0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to our NBA Opinions of the Week. Um we are gonna focus on NBA awards. <clears throat> um, so there's more than just the MVP award, but we're gonna talk about the MVP award and we're gonna talk about rookie of the year, most improved player, defensive player of the year, six man, and coach of the year. And I am joined by the human stat sheet, Austin.
1: That's my favorite one so
0: far, Kevin. That's oh, my shoot, favorite I one. It? I Oh shoot. I'll say statmaster. I, I don't think you I don't think you've used it before. Oh, okay, okay. I was I, just saying I that's my you favorite one you've mentioned so far. Okay,
1: cool, cool, cool. That's, that's, that's a good one. Where do you want to start on this NBA award talk? I think we should leave MVP for last,
0: but our, our journey there, I don't care. So let's. I, I agree with you, MVP for the last. Um, keep the listeners waiting. Let's go Rookie of the Year. So Rookie of the Year I do not think is a tight race. It may be tight between two and three.
1: Now I'll do three first, Jalen Williams for OKC. He's had an outstanding year for a team contending for a play-in spot. Next, Walker Kessler as well. Continuing for a play-off spot, uh, or play-in spot, great defensively, averaging 8-8 eight and eight with 2.5 blocks or so. But easily, Rookie of the Year, Paolo Vencaro, the player I would have taken with the number one pick, the player I hoped the Magic would take, and they made the right choice. Now they could get a number one pick again, and the fifth pick as well, and they could be on their way to... a. Uh, a a dynasty of young players, but Paolo easily is number one. I'd be absolutely shocked if you had anyone else.
0: Yeah. um, I agree with you. I have Paolo number one. And uh, like you said, two and three, a little bit different. Um, I show that here as I have Walker Kessler third and I have Jalen Williams at two.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm fine
0: with that. Uh, Two and three, I I think are very switchable, but one is not. Yes. Yes. I, I, I agree with you very much. And same to me with the most improved player. You, I'm, I'm curious what you think of my two and three, but I think number one, I think is pretty cut and dry.
1: Yeah. Number number one, we can both, both say it's Laurie Markkinen. There is yes. no question, but I'll let you do two and three uh, before um, I say
0: mine. I have Jalen Brunson. Then I have Tyrese Halliburton.
1: Okay. So I have Jalen Brunson in my three. Uh, do you have him at your three? Is that what you're saying?
0: Or or no, you, I have um, Jalen at my two, Tyrese Halberton. Is, is, did you just say Halberton at three? No, I said Brunson at three. Brunson's my two, Halberton's my three.
1: Okay, well, I have Brunson at three, and I have Nick Claxton at Ooh. two, a player that yeah. has improved more in, in more minutes, and he is a part of my Defensive Player of the Year three. And, uh, I mean, he's had a great season. He's improved wildly, and I think he deserves to be in this list.
0: He was close to my Defensive Player of the Year, um, but he just missed it. So okay, well, we can, we can go into that next. What's your looking at for Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going to go Brook Lopez 1, 2 Jaron Jackson, and then 3 is Bam Adebayo. Okay, I'll, I'll go from
1: 3 to 1. My 3 is Jaron Jackson Jr., my 2, Nick Claxton, my 1, Brook Lopez. Lopez has to be it. He's doing it for a top team in East while staying on the court. And that's the problem with Jaron Jackson. He fouls way too much for me to have an defensive player of the year conversation seriously. Klaxon is very, very close, but it's just Lopez has been dominant. He had seven blocks the other day. He's just been – and I know people say, oh, it's always centers, always centers, but there's a lot of responsibility that, that majority of really good defensive centers have, and Brooke Lopez definitely deserves this.
0: Yeah, and just look at a team that doesn't have defensive centers, a.k.a. Dallas Mavericks it's like they don't even like guard one side of the court yeah uh we'll, we'll see if they even make the plan yeah man it's a rough time for Mavericks <laughs> fans glad I deleted Twitter at the right time but uh more on Jaron Jackson I know he's leading the uh NBA in blocks per game but I I had him at two because I remember there being a scandal on how – Yeah, on the team.
1: extra stats and that his stats at yeah. home were wildly different than his stats on the road. and uh, That's played a small part, but I think the fouls are the main reason why he has to be below Brook Lopez. Jaron Jackson fouls out of the game. He does not play enough minutes per game because of his fouls, and he fouls too much. And that gives the other team points. When you foul, you give the other team points.
0: Yes, yes, very true. Yeah, I think those are good points. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised we agree on Brooke Lopez as defensive player of the year. Oh, he's been the best defender. Let's yeah. go to six
1: man. This one I think is a two-headed race for number one. Uh, number three could be between a couple guys. My number three is Bobby Portis. Uh, he's been great, high uh, high caliber rebounder, averaging near 10 points per game, 14 points per game around around there. It's gone down a little bit since he's come back from an injury, and uh, Jay Crowder has filled in with some of his minutes, but. He still played very well, but my one and two are so close. And it's mainly just because of seeding. My two is Emmanuel quickly. My one is Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon's been exceptional, quickly, extremely good. And if the Knicks were a little bit better, I'd probably have him above Brogdon.
0: Okay. Uh, you're probably, I don't have quickly on my list. Wow. I, yeah. okay. Um, i have bobby portis at three though um and i had this um i had him at three because he's started 19 games when i look at the stats and um these two guys even though to me i have the same number one as you, it's malcolm brogdon a six man my two mm-hmm. is malik monk Okay.
1: Uh, interesting choice. He's definitely in my top five. I don't think he's played well enough though to warrant a uh that high of a slot. But it, it's it's close. He's played well.
0: Yeah, like I'm not in love with my six man picks, <laughs> but like, like I'm not that attached to him. But I do agree. Malcolm Brogdon has not started a game this year, averaging fourteen point six. Um, points and to me I think that was a really good trade for them because it gives them a ball handler off the bench Um, or a bar, uh, ball handler just in general because that's what they um, law, that's what they needed at the deadline or that's what they needed in the finals
1: yeah and it all worked out uh, let's go to coach of the year this one we may differ my number three Joe Mazzula I don't think that's I think he should be in everyone's top three because of the situation, but they were already a good team, so I don't have them that high. Then my number two is Mike Malone. What a year the Nuggets have had. Now the one seed, but he's playing or he's coaching with some of the best players in the league on his team uh, Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon. But my number one in his first year with this team, Mike Brown. The Kings have been a revelation in the league, and everything they've done has been attributed or should be attributed to Mike Brown and his success.
0: Yes, um, so you and I agree. I have Mike Brown as the number one. Just as you mentioned, the Kings—it's incredible. Um, I believe longest drought ever in history. No, that's a different. No, I don't think it's
1: history ever. Okay. It's current, yes, but I don't current. think ever.
0: I don't think ever. Okay. But yeah, and just they're number two in the West right now, um, which is just incredible. The number two is Joe Mazzulla. Um I I think you make a good point. To me, I. It's for sure. I was like, Mike Brown's the coach of the year, but I got to find two other guys. And Joe Mazzula, with what he's done, but you did make a great point where he already inherited a great team. But the situation was awkward, so I give him a great job for that. And I hope he stays the coach for years to come, unless something uh, drastic happens um, on or off the court. And then number three is I'm um, tr- Mark um dag dag Nolt, the thunder oh, coach
1: mark daniel yeah he, he's he been no. he's been good uh, yeah i, I like um, that pick i love I, lo- I like a little bit of a okc respect okc's been good it does help that they have shea on their team though to carry them but
0: but they got a lot of rookies and i know they're only 10 but this is a team that's really young and they have yeah. a great player in shea like you mentioned just a lot of other guys. And I think that's a – I think I was expecting them to be, like, very low. Maybe they're tanking for Wembe Yama. But, no, they're competing for the play
1: Yeah, and they have so many first-round picks from other teams that they know they don't necessarily need to tank for them to be uh, successful in years to come. And their starting lineup is younger than I, – I believe it's Pitt. Pitt's so – the university of oh, wow. Pitt, like the team that made the yeah. tournament. Their starting lineup is older than OKC's starting lineup which I find remarkable.
0: Yeah, um, the future definitely looks bright in OKC on the basketball team. Not sure about other areas in OKC.
1: Yeah, I'm not that in tune with OKC politics, but they got a good basketball yeah. team.
0: Or just like downtown, like food or <laughs> other sports. Not much I can tell you. I bet there's a loves. That's what their sponsorship
1: yeah so i
0: bet i bet there it is so yeah um what other yeah, MVP? okay i'd be pretty shocked if we agree on this i'll let you go first
1: well we'll go one by one i'll say my three you say your three my three is Joao b which may be a shock to a lot of people but he's attempting too many free throws he's dodging the Jokic matchup he's dodging it he they could have played <laughs> in the game absolute dodge it's a dodge fest and i i know that this is post that game being played but you have to play in that game that's a game that's an mvp game that is hey i'm better than this guy let me show it yoke is just flying. why don't you show
0: up uh i agree with you joel Embiid is my three i know he's leading the league in points per game i'm just not a huge joel like he's a great player i'm just not a huge joel Embiid. A fan.
1: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I get it. I fully understand. It's been... Embiid is just... He's not doing it for me. It's I understand he puts up the points, but attempting up 12 free throws a game is not something that I want to... It's not enjoyable to watch, and I don't know how much his value is really there when you have Harden on the team. You have Harden. You have Tyrese Maxey. You have so many other guys that are playing well. And it's. It really makes me question the MVP status of a guy like uh, MB.
0: Who's your two? My two is Nikola Jokic. Okay. Um, I know Jokic is being incredible and his team's number one in the West. But. Um, and I also believe he's having. Is he having. Higher efficiency than last year? Uh yes. Okay. Easily. I know the stats are great. Um but to me this other guy is his team's doing better. And um he's a little bit has a little bit more impact on the defensive side of the ball than Nikola Jokic. But I can understand why people want to put Jokic number three or number one.
1: Yeah, I have Giannis two, Jokic one. It those two for me are extremely close. I know Giannis is one for you, like no yeah. question, uh, but it's so close between those two, and it's mainly like how much do you value passing? Because Jokic is averaging nine point nine assists, and that's something we've never seen from a center before. He leads the offense. His efficiency stats are crazy. He has twenty eight triple doubles this season. He's hundred and thirty six offensive rating. His box minus is almost as high as it was last year. Last year was the highest I don't think it's ever been for a player in the modern era. So I've just been thoroughly impressed with him. But Jokic, I totally understand. It's just how much you value defense. And uh, that that's sometimes hard to equate because the, I think the reason, the difference, the most valuable player, not who's the better player, the most valuable player comes down to the fact that Brooke Lopez is going to win defensive player of the year. Okay. And you have to equate, does that mean that Giannis is actually as valuable on defense as it seems? If he has a Defensive Player of the Year on his team, he's not even the best defender on his team where he'd be Defensive Player of the Year, right? Because That's it, true. So that, that's the difference for me. That's what makes the difference. Is that the, Totally, the, yeah. You, you get what uh, I'm saying? Because it's most valuable. Yeah. It's not best. Giannis I mean, is a better player than Jokic, I will say that right now. But that's not what we're asking. We're asking who's more valuable. And Giannis playing with the Defensive Player of the Year makes me question his value over Jokic's. So I go Jokic just by the playing fact that the best defensive player in the league right now is in Milwaukee, and it's not Giannis.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And this is the thing where it can get... Difficult because I did a different like I, I mentioned Jokic, but to me Jokic has been playing incredible and his team's number one. But it's if he were to win this MVP, it would be his third MVP. It, in a you row. can't look at it like that. I know. I it's know. Who's that's this? Like, it's at, we're
1: asking the question: Who is the most valuable player this year? And the answer, in my opinion, is Jokic, and it comes down to for me. The fact that Harden is amazing, so I don't think MB can be there because Harden is averaging almost a triple-double himself every year. And then you have the Defensive Player of the Year playing with Giannis, which could which makes Giannis look better on defense than he actually is. And Giannis is already good on defense. But playing with the Defensive Player of the Year makes you better. It makes you better on defense. And while I understand, truly, I understand that Giannis is a better player. And if I had to choose one of the two, I would take Giannis. However, more valuable, the answer is Jokic.
0: Yeah, I, I understand your point. And to me, it's very close right now. So this, I could change my answer by the end of the year. When like, the voting actually happens. So uh, maybe we revisit that. Because... When I was thinking of this, I'm like, it's, the Nuggets were struggling, but I know they're on a three-game win streak, and the Bucs just lost. But I think I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with my Giannis pick. But Yeah, it's and it's, a, it's a respectful battle. pick. I I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's not – Yeah, I get, and you make great points. And, like, I, Jokic has been incredible. I was like, man, it's Jokic all the way. And then I started thinking about Giannis. Because to me, everyone's talking about Jokic and Embiid. There aren't many people talking about Giannis, or am I just not – You're right. You're right. It's too much of the center versus center duel instead of including Giannis, who is,
1: I mean, you can really put him in any position. I I think he's really positionless. All the other two are definitely center power forward. But uh, it is something to look at. And I'm fine with, honestly, like, look, if Embiid wins, am I going to be mad? No, it's not that big of a deal. It, It still is much more important for any of these three players to have playoff success. This upcoming year, than winning the MVP and being an early exit. So while I do understand that, yes, Embiid, Giannis, Jokic definitely should be in the top three for probably everybody. It's hard to say who is the MVP. And we're really just, uh, it's very close. And to tell the difference between these players is very tough. And the fact that the the league leader in assists, Harden, is on the 76ers. The best offensive player in the league is on the Bucks, and then Jokic doesn't have one of those is is the reason. But again, it's it's very close. Also, Embiid and Jokic both played no no, not Embiid and Jokic, Embiid and Giannis both played with all stars this past season. Drew Holiday and James Harden were both all stars this past year, while there were known uh, were not on the Nuggets, which again, it doesn't mean that Jokic is a better player because of that, but more valuable it could be it could be equated.
0: Yeah. Um I totally agree. And I'm just going to add a devil's advocate question. What about Jokic having a coach of the year candidate?
1: So you're asking, does it matter that a coach of the year candidates up there? Yeah. I'm going to say no, because part of coach of the year is your record. So I don't necessarily know if coach of the year is always the best coach wins it. If you get what I'm saying? Yeah I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because having a good record is a big thing for MVP and a big thing for Coach of the Year. So, no, I don't think that matters. Because it's not an on – coaches don't play. You actually have to do stuff on the court. They no watch. matter who your coach is, you have to play. And coaches don't play. And so, they no, watch. I don't I don't think that – I don't think coaches affect that at all for me good or bad, whether you have a good or bad coach, you can still be the most valuable player in the league. That doesn't really change with your coach. Because if yeah. you're
0: on that elite level, you're going to be played. You you have to be. So That's fair. I was being very nitpicky with that point. I was like, I'm curious what you think. But I, you have a great argument for Jokic. And uh, you understand with Giannis. And I just don't really get... If you're going to go... Jokic is not the MVP. To me, you've got to go Giannis. I, I don't understand how Embiid fits in there. Maybe, I, maybe I'm an Embiid hater. I just don't get Embiid's game. Or just
1: Here, here's, here's the thing. Embiid and Jokic, they would trade and they should even even Embiid, who hasn't won an MVP, should trade a finals run. Maybe they don't win the championship, because obviously you trade an MVP for a ring, but a finals run. I think is worth more than MVP this season for either one of those two. Because it puts your name on the map. You can do it. And while Jokic has made it further in the playoffs than Embiid, Embiid's never made it to a conference finals, while Jokic has, still Jokic has to make a finals. He has to make a push. The problem is, is I don't see how a team beats the Bucs. And that's kind of a problem once we come playoff time. But that, that's that's a further conversation. This is MVP.
0: Okay. Yeah, and um, so a little bit on that. Which out of the last playoffs that Embiid has been a part of, which, ga- which game or series do you consider the closest that he's ever come to, like impacting his um, playoff legacy?
1: Well, Embiid, that would have to be the series against the Raptors when they lost in seven on a buzzer beater. Uh, in 2019. but That year, he was only averaging 20 points in the playoffs, so I it's hard for me to equate that. And then the next year, they lose in the first round, getting absolutely destroyed. Not not just beaten, destroyed by the Celtics in, in 2020. Got swept. Uh, the next year, they lose, obviously, to the
0: Hawks, I believe.
1: Yes, yeah, that's so the correct. Hawks. I
0: believe that was the Hack of Simmons series. That was the Hack of
1: Simmons series. And then the next time, they lose to the Heat. In twenty twenty two, they lose the Heat. While Jokic has obviously made it to a Western Conference Finals, like and lost to the Lakers in the bubble, so it, it, it's it's up in the air. And both of them need to make a playoff push. And Giannis, even one a two rings is a lot better than one, because one oh that could be a fluke, but two that's when you're really putting your name in the. Uh, annals of history because i think for example hakeem who i have very highly and eventually eventually sometime maybe during the nba uh offseason we'll do a top 10 hakeem is in my top five i'll spoil that but it's mainly because he doesn't just have
0: one ring he did back-to-back years that's a good one um we're gonna talk about when yeah i think it'd be great if um Giannis got a second one and definitely would affect his legacy. But uh, I think he still has time. And But a thing is, it's also very key that he already has a ring, so he's shown that he can win. But I think this may be the last time this group is put together with the Bucks in the playoff series. Because Chris Milliston's a free agent, and I'm not sure if they re-sign him. But that's, quite, that's a talk for another day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't feel like
1: that's something that needs to be touched on here.
0: Yeah, no. But, yeah, I was just thinking of, like, playoffs. And I was like, it, w- it would be great if Giannis gets a second ring. um, And uh, it's just incredible. But, yeah, that's how we view it. Let us know what you think. If you want to make an argument for Embiid, feel free to talk to us in the comments. And uh, that's all we got. Thank you for listening to Outsiders Opinions.